There we go. Boys, I think I briefly tasted the acrid taste of death. Yeah. What happened? You had a you had a near death experience? I was, I was, shortly before this program I was vacuuming the living room yeah. and I I picked up the cord while I was vacuuming and I, I got juiced and I like I smelled it. You know oh, what I mean? You smell like, like a shit like burnt just hair. Coursed, yeah, just it just coursed through me and then just I was fine like a second later, but a very gnarly feeling for a second. Are you sure you're still fine? You sure you haven't uh you haven't contracted or been imbued with any uh superhero, super powerful electric powers or anything, man? Too early to tell. Too, Too early to tell. tell. What kind of okay. I wanna know what effects electricity has on the gastrointestinal because I I mean, if it gets things moving, I might you know, you might do that. You would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would. Let me let me vacuum your house a little bit. So, <laughs> so wait, well, turn, uh, go ahead, go ahead, you know, you know those guys that get like uh, hit in the head with like a soccer ball, and then they they're unconscious, and when they wake up, they speak perfect Portuguese. <laughs> or <a> better example, <laughs> uh, when uh, uh, meatloaf. Got hit in the head with a shot putt in high school, and he couldn't sing before that, but he could sing beautifully after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, maybe it cures IBS. Yeah, it could. Or maybe my heart rhythm issue has been resolved because it like shocked it back, like it shocked it back to regularity. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or yeah, this goes either one of two ways. Either I'm going to become a world famous. you know, Italian like Luciano Pavarotti, motherfucker. Or I'll just join Terrence as as another guy that got struck by lightning. Yeah. <laughs> the, that that Wait, guy in town, dude. That's the Terrence. You, you got struck by lightning, Terrence. Dude, I've been struck by lightning multiple times. Holy shit, dude! No, I mean what? I mean, <laughs> it depends on your definition of lightning. He, I guess it's funny he couldn't podcast before that happened. <laughs> <laughs> now you can, bro. Afterwards, he became a he became a great podcaster. You see, you talk well, about I mean, being saddled with the worst superpower. <laughs> well, it is it is it is a very banal thing to be struck by lightning. I mean, in the sense that it's an amazing thing that only gets to happen to a small percentage of the world's population. But once it happens to you. You're a pariah from your community. You've been touched by the hand of God, so you like been you, touched by God. Yeah, you've, you've been smited. You've been smited, and you can't you can't join the herd again. It's like well, it's, it's because you survived. That's why ex- exactly. Like you're supposed to die from a lightning strike, and when you and yeah. when you survive, it's like when a baby doe is taken from its mother and like yeah. given back, and the and the mother is like, I don't want it. Like it's been yeah. Touched. You smell you smell like humid. You, yeah, <laughs> I smell like God now. Or a, like or, a C- or a CIA hit squad takes a shot at you and they miss. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. You, like, you look back and you see your assassin in the eyes, and then <laughs> you, know. you can't. Then you can't go back home. Babe. You can never return from whence you came. Dude, speaking of shocking, I just saw. <laughs> I just saw this tweet is making the rounds today. I think Aaron's the one who first brought it to my attention. Posted from the NATO account, Ukraine is. I, like, I love the emoji at the beginning of this. It's got like one of those emojis of the person like speaking. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. sound coming from its mouth. Ukraine is hosting one of the great epics of this century. 
We are Harry Potter and William Wallace, the Navi and Han Solo. We're escaping from Shawshank and blowing up the Death Star. We are fighting with the Harkon- Harkonnens and challenging Thanos. Okay. The, the, it's like... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Tom's, plugging, Tom's plugging the vacuum cleaner back in, and he's holding a fork to the socket. Mm-hmm. To the socket, <laughs> putting it the fullest power possible. Make sure it don't just course through this time. <laughs> Make sure that shit is wet. Cover it with water first. Yeah. Obviously, this is insane for a number of reasons. You know, the least of which is that we're like. I mean, like the least of which is like it's accompanied with a photo of just absolute like urban devastation, like buildings <laughs> leveled, rubble, probably <laughs> dead bodies that you can't see in the rubble. <laughs> like, Definitely blood splattered on those buildings. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking psychos. That in and of itself is insane. But I like I like the fanfic here. Like, because like there's like one of these things is not like the other. Like Harry Potter, okay. William Wallace, okay. Navi and Han Solo, Death Star, Harkonnen, Thanos, Shawshank Redemption. What the fuck? Shawshank Redemption. Like it's like it wasn't in the Marvel Extended Universe. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? He wasn't in the Avengers, dog. It says we're sh- escaping from Shawshank and blowing up the Death Star. Like, could you, yeah, could you imagine Andy Dufresne crawling out the portal? <laughs> Shawshank Prison. Yeah, the great epics of our time. You know. <laughs> oh shit, man! He, he had to find also- the port. He had. To, I'm trying. Like, you was like a Morgan Freeman accent, like. A Morgan, Fre- a Morgan Freeman impersonation, like gravelly and smooth. <laughs> he had to use. Like it. He had to use the force. Then it's it's yeah, hard yeah. because you venture into Picard territory. Yeah, you do, you do, Riker. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Yo, dude, also fucking stupid. also too. Also too, it's like I don't know, man. Like I feel like this NATO account. Like I mean, like. I feel like during the highlight of the war, they've like come up with some really good bangers. Like they had another one where I mean, you know, in all these pictures, like I don't say all, but a lot of these fucking pictures, whenever they're uh, featuring Ukrainian soldiers, there's always some guy with like it's not a swastika, but it's like a black sun, or it's like some other fucking like Nazi insignia. And I mean, they did this last year where they had to end up deleting the post because they posted a woman with a black sun on her chest during women International Women's Day, uh-huh. and it's like, dog, like maybe. You should never tweet when you're in a position of power. Do, but maybe if you're NATO, you may, you especially shouldn't fucking tweet. You know what I, I mean? This is this only supports my theory. Which okay, let me also just say it. I'm not like a big Dune head, but aren't weren't the Harkonnens the bad guys in? Okay, Dune? so I think he was saying fighting with, as in against them. I think they're trying to say against them, not sided with them. Because somebody brought that up to me. They're like the Harkonnen are the bad guys. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Okay. You fight with your girlfriend. You don't fight with with your enemies. You know what I mean? You fight against your enemies. You don't fight with, I mean, I don't know. You're right. You fight against Hitler. You don't fight with Hitler. Like, I don't know how else to fucking put it. You know what I mean? Right. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah, you're right, Tom. Like, you fight with your friends. You you fight against your, your parents, your whatever. Yeah. Right, right, right. Oh, right. Me and yeah. Hitler just had a little tiff, just a little argument, <laughs> just a little argument, just a little spat. I did, like <laughs> I, you know, yeah, because you got William Wallace running around in the same cinematic universe as Andy Dufresne, which <laughs> Andy Dufresne, which I appreciate. <laughs> but like, 
This tweet only goes to substantiate my budding theory that the war in the Ukraine is more than just a geopolitical military conflict. It is, in essence, the implosion of meaning itself. It is where meaning mm. goes to die. You, I think you're right. You know what I'm saying? Like it is a vacuum of meaning. Yeah, it's it's a vehicle to like desensitize us to these things. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I was gonna ask you. Why do you think that this war is like the first, maybe 21st century war to do that? But I think that I think that you're right, Tom. By them comparing and bringing up all these characters like you know like um harry potter william wallace and also just like like i don't know it just seems like this war is very very disnified right like i don't know if it's because they're trying to attract um support on the cause of ukraine or because like all meaning has collapsed and we can only make referential like you know what i'm saying comments and shit like that but you're right it's like it's like you're, you're posting that I mean, the, the, the dichotomy between, you know, posting that and then having a picture of rubble. Like, yeah. you obviously don't think this war is serious. Right. I'm not saying that they don't take it seriously, but it feels like you don't take it seriously. You know? You're right. It's the juxtaposition of that, like, <laughs> yes, hyperbolic uh, language and, like, those those characters that are meant to evo- evoke this, like, epic civilizational struggle with this, you know, with the juxtaposition of that with this uh, actual war this actual military conflict where people are dying right (laughs) like what the fuck well and it's like it's go ahead tom no 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 i'll just say it's like i I feel like this is like the logical sort of you know end point of uh you know the books where like joe biden and barack obama hop in a 57 (laughs) bel air and then go ride on their enemies you know that kind of stuff it's like who's like a William Patterson, like William William Patterson, something like that. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's like a liberal. It's like it's just like a liberal fan fiction thing, like y'all were saying. And and then, you know, the disheartening. Well, I mean, there's a lot of disheartening parts about it, but the disheartening part is, is like, (laughs) I can see a world where. In 2052, there's going to be a Zelensky Marvel movie. Like the, first, the first man to actually matriculate from the real world to, like Dude, he's going to be like the real life. You know Captain what? America. You are right because that is the that is the whole point of those movies. Like they're demigods, and like that, and yeah. the celebrities playing them too. Yeah. Yo, it's it's like there was some uh, I forget his name. I forget what his title was. But he's like some uh, uh, royal, like a uh, monarchy dude from uh, from oh God. What country was it, man? I forget what country it was from, but from Jordan. That's what it was. And he had a cameo on Star Trek, like in the nineties. Like he didn't have a talking role or anything like that. But it was just like, yo, he really loved the show, and he really wanted to get put in it, so they put him in it. And it's like, yeah, man, like you're just gonna start seeing this bleeding over because that's what they are they want to make these people look at the way they treat obama or biden you know what i'm saying i mean we have it with dark brandon they're making these people into character you know what i'm saying into caricatures man and well, infantilizing uh, caricatures you know yeah and also <laughs> no, i mean I, I mean I, I i think this is connected if you look at it i think it's probably connected to to what social media ostensibly does for us and that makes everybody famous for a little bit you know what i mean yeah. so it's like everybody can sort of you know have their 15 minutes or whatever it is you know what i mean and it's like 
it's I don't know. It's just this outgrowth of celebrity culture that like is really, <laughs> really concerning because, like you said, there's like you were seeing videos of people getting bombed and shrapnel lodged and passersby and like all the horrors of war. Like we've seen it play out with this. Yeah. But it doesn't quite feel like other stuff because we've been so desensitized to it and just sort of normalized it, you know. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. it's it's like this weird disjunction between, you know, dude. I, I've spent too much time reading that Zizek compact mag thing because I'm <laughs> using words like signifier and signified. But it's like <laughs> it is this weird disjunction between yard shit. Yes, <laughs> even speak with a bit of a lisp. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like there's this just weird disjunction between like signifier and signified that like doesn't make any sense. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like putting these uh, fictional characters onto this real-world terrain in in such a way that it implodes any meaningful distinction between fantasy and reality. And it's in some ways, yeah. In some ways, it reminds reality. Yeah, it's exactly. And in some ways, it kind of reminds me as of like World War One in the sense that like everybody went off to that war thinking like, oh, this is this is. This would be the grand European conflict, just like every other European conflict before this. We're going to ride out with our duchies, with our flags, and we're going to have our feudal lords and everything. And they get there, and Yo, they're like, bro, this war is going to be awesome, yeah, bro. Exa- it's going to be great, bro. And they, get, and, like, and they get there. You know what I mean? They ride with horses out on Calvary. And they get there, and there's like 50 cal machine guns and, 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 and like mortar launchers and just mowing down like old aristocrats on Calvary. You know what I mean? It's like this weird, it's this weird collision of the new world with the old world in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like where no one is prepared for it. They're all in this weird Where the future of warfare kind of meets warfare where it's at now and like the lines get so blurred. Yeah. Yes. It's like, you know what it is like too, man? It's like this culture is so, this like, I mean, I don't, for lack of a better term, you know, like it's a neoliberal culture, right? Of like kind of recursion and slop and nostalgia is a big part of that. And I kind of feel like it's like, it's, I don't know how to describe it, man. It's like, it's like it, it's, it's span is so wide and permeates everything, right? That we have to infuse like real world, like, like international global politics and effects that affect people's lives and we have to infuse them with these like and i'm sorry they're not fucking modern myths like i like comic books right but a lot of people like to use oh they're like just modern myths like no dude they're these movies are made to fucking sell toys and that's another thing yo i don't know if i brought this up before but alan moore i probably did alan moore talks about how it's disturbing that many people are going to see batman movies right because that's like this kind of infantilization that's a precursor to fascism and the fact that like you have grown ass adults who are like making decisions for fucking war who can only use references from children's literature. Dude, it is weird that like, yeah, like you're right. Like Jay, like all these people who wage like the second world war, they were like, and I'm not saying this is good either, but they were constantly quoting like Thucydides and like Herodotus and, uh, you know what I mean? Like Odysseus and, 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 and all this. And it's like, now it's like, Oh, it, look at it's Harry Potter and Voldemort and they're casting spells. It's, it's 
Civil War Avengers. And we're going to put, you know, take off Iron Man's face and put on Biden's face. It's like, yo, you're a fucking psycho. What are you doing, yo? But like I have my, like I have nep- my nephew, my, like my older nephew, like he loves this shit, too. But he as like, you know, a teenager approaches the stuff with more maturity than these fucking people do. He knows that shit is fake, yo. Yeah. You know what I mean, and also but like also like to get at this idea that it's like an implosion of meeting in, in any consistency. I guess that's the thing when I mean by that. It's like mm. an implosion of any consistency or coherence. Like, I was reading that Vanity Fair article written by James Pogue about these, mm. you know, wealthy uh, right-wingers who are into wellness now, and they think that, like, our bodies are poisoned by the environment, and they're basically, like, running away to these enclaves, like, these sort of, like, prepper communities in the West, you know, the biggest of which is becoming Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which is, like, all these mm. all these wealthy people have flocked there and have made it like the richest zip code, the wealthiest zip code in the U.S. Um, Probably but it, not a good idea for the coming uh, the coming bad shit. Everyone knows where you are, but okay. You're <laughs> 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 just all going to gather together the richest, the people who have caused and perpetuated all of this misery, and we're just going to chill here in Wyoming. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like part of that article is like he goes through uh, and talks to a lot of them. And he also talks to a lot of these people on the new right. Like we talked about this on a past episode um, about this like convention he went to by this uh, uh, this Till Peter Till funded convention of these new right people and how a lot of them view Vladimir Putin as like this world historic like uh, like. Um, dictator like in a good way type figure like a napoleon type figure who Napole- can like that's what I was about who napoleon, can like yeah, yeah reconcile all these contradictions and he's like fighting waging this battle against like global homo and all this and it's like you see that and it's like <laughs> global homo that's what they call it and i know it's like, know, it's like global homos what <laughs> yeah, I know, that's, I know. that's what they say that's what they call it Putin and it's calls it that. like clearly it just sounds funny it's it's a, global, global, global. Like, oh, i'm not supposed to take that seriously yo. how's that something still feared me dude that sounds like delightful i don't know <laughs> you're right you're right it's like it's a, that's another weird disjunction right but th- but anyways it's like okay it's like okay i can see how these fucking freaks think this but then it's yeah. like then but then like i read that i fucking close the app and i log into twitter and the first thing i see is this story about a guy who like 36 year old died he's part of the azov battalion and died like starved to death in a russian prison and like li- <laughs> like libs are like boat boosting it like this guy was a brave hero and it's the classic shit where like you zoom yeah, in he's on got his the Pepe frog patch on his like yeah on his he's, arm. he's got like he's not- got an ss tattoo on his forehead and you're like oh man that's a like- brave young man like it's so bizarre like both sides like libs and conservatives are going to slow walk like backwards they're going to reverse engineer themselves into two like competing fascist like factions (laughs) (laughs) but infantile fascist fascist like you know factions you know what i mean because we've talked about this before it seems to be this obsession to like with like childhood and with perpetuity but also to revert to childishness yeah so again man like yeah like like you know, I'm stealing a quote from Gibson here, but he talks about how Thailand is actually a Disney, Disney, Disneyland with the death penalty. Like that's the future, right? Mm-hmm. That's like the future of Western technocracies is Disneyland. I mean, we're already there, <laughs> but like, they're, they're, like you know what I mean? Like we're, we're gonna be seeing like remember how Vietnam? Like I guess in the '70s when the 24-hour news cycle became a thing, and people were watching the sleekness of death all the time. Yeah. Like this time, you're gonna see a Chiron with like flowers and hearts <laughs> and shit like that, and rainbows and puppies and shit, while motherfuckers are getting drove to death. No, 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 no. Insane, yeah, they're gonna. You know? 
gonna be like face tuning like corpses, yeah. like with like this new character. It's like like Bambi's mother. It's like oh, be face apping them, like putting them up with like dog cheeks on the lolling tongue or some shit like that. Yeah. God damn yeah. It. Oh my god. <laughs> Future's awesome, dude. Ay, dude. No, it's horrible. Um, that got away from us, didn't it? Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> both in the immediate immediate sense and in the geopolitical sense, <laughs> it got away from us. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, no. Um, I mentioned the Zizek thing a minute ago. I don't. Why don't I'm not going to dig into it because I don't. It's profoundly fucking stupid. Uh, it is hard to read. I'm sorry. I'm stupid, yo. I'm reading it. I'm just like, I don't understand what he's talking about. Well, and also, it has one of the all-time stupidest sentences I've ever read, which is that the use of puberty blockers is yet another case of woke capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... That almost sounds it's like, like a deep fake, like, AI shit that Jordan Peterson... Someone would make Jordan Peterson say. That doesn't sound real. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's like... Do you know what capitalism is? I mean, so I truly am asking genuinely. Like, do you know what <laughs> it is? Fucking Zizek. Well, uh, all right, boys. I think I got an article for us, maybe. Hopefully we can Hopefully, we can ride this one out for the rest of the episode. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know for a fact if we can. Uh, it's really long, and so I didn't finish it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the best. It's one way I'll come inside unseen, you know. Like, the surprises, man. Well, We're all I, in it I just want to... Exactly. I just want to preface this by saying something weird is going on in the, the ruling class, and we've talked a, a a little bit about this before. I mean, obviously, a lot of weird things are going on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, which one? Um, you know, because like, I read this article right after I read the aforementioned Vanity Fair article from James Pogue about these, you know, heiresses. Like, one of the main characters in that article is a great-great-granddaughter of John D. Rockefeller. And... Mm. uh and she worked in the Trump administration, and she, like, moved out west, and, like, she's extremely paranoid that, like, Globo Homo is, like, going to fucking throw her <laughs> into a, a camp. And she's, like, there's Hell all yeah. these weird scenes of her watching documentaries of her family on Netflix and stuff. It is a bizarre... So that she can... Does she watch them so that... Like what? Because she thinks that these documentaries are in disfa- unfavorable no, to her family. No, no, no. She she has this critique, and a lot of these right wingers do that. What's wrong with the world right now is that our uh, the the forces of woke capitalism and and our capitalists in the tech industry and everything are the ones responsible for ru- ruining everything, and that is true. But she thinks that we have to have a return to like the John D. Rockefeller days. <laughs> it's like. It's like I just saw. I just we saw need benevolent billionaires. Yeah, I, I, I just saw exactly. a fucking photo going around on Twitter where like an eleven-year-old was cleaning like a slaughterhouse in like Alabama. Or, did y'all see that? Like, no. What the like, fuck? And these. This is what these people want to go back to, though. They, they, like, to them, these are the good old days that are whitewashed. You well, had, like you were saying, Tom, benevolent capitalists. That's the thing. Like, it, it, it never went away. It's like it's. Nah, <laughs> it's still here, yo. Um, you can have that now, except you can also have it with the you know modern conveniences of the 21st century. You know, if that's what you want. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so, but yeah, anyways, it was, uh, it was a weird article, and like I said, there's a lot of heiresses and heirs of former, uh, formerly, like, former magnates, captains of industry and everything, kind of like surveying the landscape of America and coming to that conclusion. Well, this article that I'm going to read is sort of of that, in that vein. This is also about an heiress of a wealthy scion, captain of industry. But earlier when I said there's something weird going on in the ruling class, what I was referring to was that a lot of them are obsessed with boxes. I mean, we talked about this with the Sam Bankman-Fried episode. I don't know if y'all remember this, but like Sam Bankman-Fried, like in his pitch about his cryptocurrency, liked to use the metaphor of a box. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. No. Tom, do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, It was like his sort of convoluted way of explaining crypto or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of got like a, it had a weird like Schrodinger's cat thing too. It's like, the crypto is both in and not in the box at the same time, or something like that. It's like he had a, he has this weird obsession with boxes. Okay, so the- <laughs> uh, now you got me thinking like this motherfucker is like a cat. He got a bunch of car- <laughs> empty cardboard bags boxes at his home. He just curl it up inside them shits, man. Okay, well this this um, rich person is also obsessed with boxes. So what's in the box, man? I got to know what's in the box. What's in the box? What's in Pandora's box? <laughs> um, horror is unforetold. The, uh, the, the, this, is, this is about Elizabeth Koch. This is in the New York Times. It's about Elizabeth Koch, who is the daughter of Charles Koch, of, of the infamous Koch brothers. Perhaps uh, okay. you've heard of them. One of them dead. Perhaps Maybe you've heard of them. Yes. Is Charles Koch the one that's dead? <laughs> I think it's David. There's okay. Charles. I don't know. Charles is still around because his daughter is obsessed with boxes. He's okay. like, I'm not. He's like, you're not putting me in a box, lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm outside the box. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is the New York Times. This this article also falls into a category of a recent. The New York Times isn't the only place that does this, but. I feel like they're they've been doing it most recently, and also like fuck the New York Times, like their reaction to the 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 Glad letter and like all this other stuff right now. Like they're cracking down on any journalist who criticizes them, and their is- their handling of trans issues and everything else. Like as Trump said, fail they're failing. It's the failing, the, the failing, the failing New York Times, folks. Um, but this falls in a in a similar category of other recent articles where like I'm starting to think that New York Times writers might literally have been created in a kind of like goo in the matrix and they like come out with a completely like 11 year olds like view on the world you know and and, and the, yeah. on, on like object permanence because there was that article where the guy like talked to the AI bot being mm-hmm. uh, the Sydney or whatever did, y- did y'all hear about that nah yeah. I, didn't, I heard about it but I didn't read it though I heard, yeah, like it fell in love with him and then said all kinds of crazy shit or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He got really spooked by it. He was like, oh, my God. And it's like this This article is kind of like that, too, because this this the writer of this kind of like takes her at her word and basically lets you know, her lead him on into this into her box. You know, <laughs> but before you start, before you start, for, for the audience, I'm going to give you <laughs> talk to the, right the box, right into the box. <laughs> 
like like this is this is what i think like like the best way to think of the people that write these articles and i've used this reference before for like uh, uh chris hayes it's just like a, a completely joyful stupidly happy like like a uh, labrador retriever right yeah. like just the most impressionable young yes. not even human mind that you could imagine thinking of their minds are not even lizard brain necessarily because they do have some sensations and feelings but they just react to stimuli like i don't know like like puppies man you know yeah that's what it is <laughs> they take these people at their word man <laughs> It's like, come on, you a grown ass adult, man. Yeah, come on, man, grow up. What are you doing, man? All right, peekaboo. Oh, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Right. <laughs> go ahead. This is called Elizabeth Coke knows what you're thinking, um, by Brooks Barnes. Um, I really hope Elizabeth Coke does not know what I'm thinking. But even as a young girl, Elizabeth Coke was keenly aware of her family's extreme wealth. My my beloved parents, they were paranoid about raising raising spoiled pieces of, well, you know. And so I heard about it a lot. Come on, man. You in the New York Times. Oh, you can't curse the New York Times. Okay, fair. My bad, Terrence. I'm like, come on, you a grown-ass adult. You can't say shit. But all right, it's the New York Times. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you can curse in the New York Times. Yeah, you should be able to. It's the New York Times. And I could see how other people responded to us, she said. I sensed it everywhere. I didn't get that it was about the family. I'm just seeing that it's about me, so I must be bad. She decided to dedicate her life to one pursuit, to not be hated, she said. <laughs> <laughs> well, your parent. well, give it who your daddy is. <laughs> this like, is an interesting insight, too, because I've always wondered that. Do these people, re- are they really afraid of being hated, you know? I th- I, you Very know much I so. I, I wanted that too. Uh, I don't want to get too into it, but the show Succession, I love that show because it shows like the, the weird uh, neuroses of these incredibly rich people. And it's just a show. But one of the characters is obsessed with checking his Twitter to see if people are talking shit about them. So if anything, I hope these very powerful people don't sleep at night because, you know, I'm talking shit about them. Yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> I think that's a big part Sport of their psyche. Poston's riding on them at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Try to give Elon Musk ulcers. Hell yeah, let's go. Miss um, Coke, forty-seven, is the daughter of Charles Coke, eighty-seven, the billionaire industrialist, climate change boogeyman, and far-right political force. His wealth is estimated at roughly sixty-six billion. I feel like you could just end the article there, right? Because it's like <laughs> she's like, I want people not to like me. My dad is worth eight sixty-six billion dollars. Well, <laughs> you failed. Sorry, well, article over. <laughs> That's not, not off to a good start. I won't be honest with you there. Elizabeth. Um, the family is close. Everyone spent Christmas together in Las Vegas, staying at the Wynn Resort and taking in a mentalist show. <laughs> well, okay. Um, but okay. Miss Coke, at least by her account, has been driven to the brink of insanity by her last name. No. <laughs> in a 2007 well, if you do a lot of that, you know. <laughs> you <go right> there. <laughs> in a 2007 essay for Smith Magazine, she described her young adulthood as panic attacks and meltdowns and doctors and pharmaceuticals and terrifying my parents and staring down that dark well of nothing you do will ever be good enough you privileged waste of flesh of yeah that's about right <laughs> <A> couple... <laughs> that's about right um a couple of years later she lied to classmates at syracuse university where she was working on an mfa in fiction insisting that her name was pronounced Koch. 
no relation to those cokes, the ones they may have read sinister things. <laughs> you know, like the mayor, like the mayor of New York, <laughs> Koch, like uh, oh, no, my dad uh, ran the independent record label that all the rappers signed to from 2005 to 2009 because they got fucked over by the majors. Yeah, that's that's my dad. <laughs> that's my dad. Yeah. And you're going to have one goddess like, actually, I do hate you even more now. Now that I know that. <laughs> yeah, right. I, hate you, I hate you as equally as if your last name was Coke. Yeah, or you're right. Someone thinks that she's Ed Koch's daughter. And they're like, you fucking, you ruined New York City. <laughs> you ruined New York City. He's <laughs> <kid's> like 19. <laughs> um, uh, blah, blah, blah. A public, blah, 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 blah. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, okay. Ms. Coke's... Okay. A publicist named Scott Rowe had called to propose an article on Mrs. Coke. This is the journalist talking. And her nonprofit organization, Unlikely Collaborators, which is all about self-investigation. According to its website, the organization is dedicated to the creation of, quote, provocative experiences that help you face who you think you are. The site adds... Our experiences use a process of self-investigation that encompasses principles and practices from Eastern and Western thought, meditation, psychology, neuroscience, blah, 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 blah. You can kind of... I'm going to keep it a buck. If I was going to something called... Uh, what was it called? Well, again? it's Unlikely Collaborators is the name of the group, but it's provocative experiences that help you face who you think you are. Oh, okay, yeah. So if I'm going to something, if I'm going to uh, examine myself for a provocative experience, I don't, I'm thinking I'm going for a very specific thing, and uh, spoiler, it ain't that. <laughs> it ain't that. <laughs> I'm I thinking we're going to get some eyes wide shut shit or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Ms. Koch started Unlikely Collaborators in 2021 after emerging from years of depression, OCD, eating disorder, and a stint in a mental institution. Serious people have joined Unlikely Collaborators in leadership roles. Blah, blah, blah. Your perception is wrong, Mr. Rowe said. Just come meet her. Okay. Unlikely Collaborators occupies a sunny loft in Santa Monica, California. The community once described as where liberal ideology meets the sea. On the afternoon I visited... Wait, who described it that way? What? (laughs) Is that like a plaque when you go there? Like a town plaque? Who described it that way? The Christian Science Monitor. (laughs) You know? All right. Okay, CSM. Gotcha. Um, On the afternoon I visited, candles flickered here and there. Someone had put out what looked like 20 pounds of charcuterie. Miss Gregorian, the nonprofit's president, was tucked into a stylish chair. Miss Gregorian, by the way, is a executive at Warner Bros. So, um, was tucked into a style. The finest people. Yeah, tucked into a stylish chair near Zach Gorin, a former investment banker and private equity investor who is Miss Koch's finance and operations chief. Suddenly, Miss Koch stood before me with outstretched arms, soliciting a hug. Before we begin, she said, "Would you like a blanket?" I declined, and we settled into a conference room. I expected her to be guarded, in keeping with her father's approach to the news media. Instead, she spoke excitedly. She gave you a blanket. The fuck you mean guarded? You didn't take it either. (laughs) (laughs) Historically, (laughs) I feel like historically, it's such a loaded thing. Like historically, like people offering blankets is like. You know, usually there's like smallpox in them and stuff. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's like 1920 Chicago, and it's like cold as shit or something. <laughs> it's a snowstorm. 
Instead, she spoke excitedly for nearly two hours, telling me about her circuitous path to middle age, salting her sentences with profanity and referring to herself as a privileged, pasty white girl from the Midwest. (laughs) I would would also argue that your path to middle age is linear, not circuitous. I mean, it's pretty... (laughs) You're right. Cut yeah, and dry. We, you know what I mean? We're talking about reincarnation here. Who the fuck do you think you are? Yo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did that episode a couple weeks ago. Get the fuck out of here. She talked about exploring. <laughs> this is weird. She talked about exploring, quote unquote, pain holes with a therapist and going on two week silent retreats. She insisted she is apolitical. Mostly. What is it about? What is it about these freaks? I saw that Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the Packers, is doing a silent retreat where he like goes and pays like a lot of money to stay in a room for four days or something like that uh-huh. with no light and just a toilet, and somebody like hands him like dinner every couple of hours through like a <laughs> hole in the wall. Like, what is it with them trying to do shit like that? I guess it's because like I mean I don't know I'm being generous here, but like. I guess like their daily lives, average lives, they don't have a moment to the. Don't fuck out of here, dog. If you Aaron Rodgers, you definitely have a moment to yourself. You could fly on a private. Ain't island. nobody wants to be around you. Especially off season. It's like I think that it's they're so deeply alienated, but they, it's like it's a it's it's kind of weird and paradoxical. But because they're so wealthy and detached they are cut off from any kind of community at all and so they think yeah. that the only they think that the problem is that they are beset on all sides by expectations and and assistance you know what i'm saying like they always constantly have aides and assistants like press agents asking them to do this that and the other so they need to just get away from it all it's like their 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 cure for their alienation is more alienation exactly and it just shows yeah. how absolutely like detached they are and it's and not even the- Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead, Tom. No, just the funny part of it is, it's like they still have to spend money to get unalienated, right? Yeah. It's like I'm gonna go spend money on this like half-ass like woo-woo retreat uh, to like quiet the voices of modernity in my head, uh-huh. which is really just Aaron like saying they deserve death at three in the morning. I'm twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I will love you. It's like but listen to you. Go, go ahead, Tom. Go ahead, Tom. Well, no, it's just like, I, 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 for once, I would like to see one of these people say, you know what, I'm going to forsake all of my inheritance and go work at a a, 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 a Coles in Humboldt, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that would be at least interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. But they're never I mean, going to do that because what they do, they, they really love everything that life has afforded them, but they have to sit here and, like, like him and haw about it so they appear likable or whatever. Yeah, it's really like, just exactly. annoying. Gone, gone are the days... There's that Cormac McCarthy novel, Sutri, and, like, the premise is, like, this this guy who's, like, a heir of, like, this wealthy Southern family kind of, like, forsakes his entire family and just go, goes and lives on the Tennessee River, I, th- I think it is, and... uh in Knoxville, whatever river goes through there, and just fit this. Mm. He's a fisher. That's his life. He just, you know what I'm saying? It's like no one. <laughs> it's like I guess they do do that. They go to Wyoming. They go to Jackson Hole, and they like have fishing guides, and they like snowboard and stuff like that. But like, but it's but it's it's like it's like we were saying, Tom. It's not unfiltered alienation. Even that alienation is filtered and mediated through money, power, access, patronage. So like, yeah. Yeah, patron. So you are you really like alone? Like I can go alone and go to the park down my street, and I feel like 
I'm alone, but I'm also surrounded by a community and people. Like, these people don't have either. They don't have any sense of community, and they can't really be alone, you know? They're like in this fucking limbo. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now we get to the box. <clears throat> so, this is the... Got this limbo is, in the box. We're limbo in the box. Um, mostly, Miss Coke wanted to explain something called the perception box, a term she trademarked in 2021. She's trademarked it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Does that mean we can't? They should probably owe Clive Barker some royalties for that. (laughs) (laughs) That was basically what Hellraiser was, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What they call that shit? What they call that shit? I can't. (laughs) Yeah, what is that, Hellraiser? It's like. What's it called? What is it called in the fucking book? Oh, it's such a good name, too, yo. What? Oh, the box? The Hellraiser yeah. box? Oh, the uh, layman configuration box. Yeah, the layman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this is that. <laughs> this this will help you commune with demons <laughs> on the other side. Except mine, mine saw the kinky sex. You know, <laughs> like, so not even the BDSM. Cool yeah. <laughs> not even the cool shit, yo. Yeah, all the cool shit divorced from it. <laughs> um. Yeah, like yes, in those bu- in those movies or books, it's like isn't the the layman's box isn't it like the portal to like <laughs> pain and suffering? It's, it, basically, it's like, like in- it's like pleasure that's so overwhelming that it's painful or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, perception box. Like you, you can't even hold a candle to the. <laughs> it's Clyde Barker. Um, unlikely configuration. Unlikely Collaborators is built around the concept of the perception box, which Miss Coke wants to use to prompt a global movement of self-investigation. A global movement. We all live inside an invisible but ever-present mental box. A perception box, Miss Coke began. This box distorts our perceptions of everything and everyone around us. It distorts our ability to understand each other, to see them clearly, to connect with them. And it distorts our ability to really even know ourselves. She adjusted the blanket on the, her lap. Most of the external conflict, <laughs> messiness, and miscommunication in the world, in corporations, relationships, families, every aspect of our lives, is caused by internal conflict, Ms. Koch continued. And most of the internal conflict is caused by unconscious beliefs that we have been carrying around since we are very young, like zero to five, and that we project on everyone around us. Um... In addition, un- unlikely. Okay, so yeah, it's pausing there. Any thoughts on the uh, on the perception box, fellas? I- I- any? Uh... I, I, like the the perception box just sounds like a feeling. I think she should stop complaining and leave the box. <laughs> because apparently, be the perception box you. is not class. It's nothing material with the social reality. It's just a, it's just a vibe. So you know, it's grow the vibe. fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> it is vibes. It's vibes box. But I'll tell you this another way. I think I would take my chances with the Cenobites before I'd take my chances with <laughs> Charles Koch's progeny. You let a demon shove some shit up your ass before you go. Like any, day, <laughs> any day of the week, I'm letting uh, Butterball fucking blow my back walls out before. <laughs> <laughs> let Beezabub let Beezabub break you down. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what am I looking at? This is fucking Wait, weird. I'm just I'm just still kind of amazed with this perception box thing because like like it's it's a, it's amazing the con- the contortions that these people go through to avoid like I mean, I don't even think they can think about class. 
you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, if you ask most people what class is, I think they would just say what your profession is or where your parents came from. Like, I don't think most people have a conception. Like, I mean, even I think about class. I'm like, well, is it a strictly Marxist definition? Like, I don't even fucking know for myself. But when they talk about these things, it's so, it's so alienated from social reality. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's like, yeah, like the relationships between corporations and like your family members. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Right. Um. So there's a weird. You're right. Aaron, they, uh, I would, I would imagine that she could probably, well, it's kind of like the resource generation thing. It's like, you might be happier if you just bought a nuke and then put it in the desert and then said like working people of the world, this is pointed at Charles Koch's house. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that man's my father, but he's terrible. Listen, as I've said before, she would do a lot more good. These people do a lot more good with supplying uh, small nuclear arms well, to Southwest Atlanta. You, 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 know have, I mean? you have to look at that. This you have to look at her her, her ideology that way, her perception box that way. It's like <laughs> her perception box. It's like she can't she can't reconcile that fact in her mind that her father is responsible for, at the very least, like. He was doing Hitler numbers, right? He probably, he probably, he's probably done like Hitler numbers, like six million or so. You know what yeah, I'm saying? He, like he was definitely racking up Hitler numbers. It's man. like, he, like he has, he has put an evil so deep and sinister into the world, like wrapped its tentacles around it. It's like, it's like she, she'll never be able to reckon with that. And like that's the weird paradox, though, because like she gets to it later. One of her issues is daddy issues. It's like, dog, you could both end a lot of pain and suffering in the world and ease your own conscience if you just did like a fratricide or what's it called a patricide thing patricide i mean or yeah i mean listen yo listen like you, you do the right thing the, the, that guilt you're feeling that internal conflict is because your father is one of the most evil organisms that has like walked the earth yeah you know? um, <laughs> like he's like thomas midgley jr level of evil <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like <laughs> seriously dude. this this is a weird detour. Um, I had to look this up. But in addition, unlikely collaborators invest in companies and nonprofit organizations that are aligned with its mission. She, uh, Ms. Koch helped fund and hopes to develop curriculum for Moral Courage College. You ever heard of that? So is this like the resource generation? This is like resource generation shit. Right. Well, but it's not like, it's not social justice oriented in any ways. This is like a philosophical thing. Sort of like, sort of like effective it's altruism. Like- Okay. Okay. I was gonna say it's like uh, it's like uh, Trump University, but woo woo. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's Moral Courage College. <laughs> I can't even say that without. Yeah, Mor- Moral Courage College. Moral Cur- Moral Courage College. <laughs> MCC. Moral Courage. Co- yeah, the, the other MCC. Yeah, the, <laughs> the other MCC. Try moral saying, courage. You should have went Moral Courage University. That way it's MCU. So that way <laughs> yeah. anytime you Googled MCU, won't Marvel, it, this would pop up. It would certainly be easier <laughs> to say than Moral Courage College, which is much like rural juror. <laughs> rural juror. Moral Courage College, which describes its purpose as training people to, quote, lower their emotional defenses so that contentious issues can be turned into constructive conversations. Um, this is based on a f- philosophy called okay. moral mur- courage. Learning how to be soft. That's what it's called. Learning how to be soft. <laughs> soft as hell. 
<laughs> Softer than a freshly nutted in Kleenex. Soft. Learning how to be soft. Millions of dollars have gone to SIY Global, a firm that provides mindfulness and emotional intelligence training. Ms. Koch and unlikely collaborators have also donated money to the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, which, among other things, conducts research into the mental health benefits of MDMA. Okay, um, I can fuck with that. Here, the one here, cool thing you've said so far. Here's <laughs> the here's the part that I was talking about where like it is kind of like this journalist. Like I said, his mind was like cryogenically preserved from the ages of like ten to thirty three, um, and so uh, this is this is what this is the example. I know this is a lot to throw at people, Miss Coke said, apparently reading my mind. Let's go back to the perception box. That's where it begins and ends. She jumps. <laughs> she, she really is like the Hellraiser. Like this is, this is where it begins and ends. <laughs> you live and die in the box. <laughs> <laughs> she jumped to her feet and started writing on a whiteboard, calling out each word with a flourish and a demonstration of one of her workshops. I don't matter, she wrote. I'm not good enough. I'm bad. She asked me to envision a person, a writer perhaps. This person misses deadlines because they are constantly worrying about making it perfect. It has to be better. It has to be better. No, 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 not there yet. That thinking can be painful and ultimately even professionally paralyzing. That person is running a perception box story in their head, she said, and it's an obvious one. I'm not good enough. I grimaced and told her that I could be that writer. Who are you still trying to please? And who are you still rebelling against? She asked me, now firmly in teacher-student mode. I squirmed and thought about how it was really stupid of me to say no to that question. Probably daddy, I said, almost in a whisper. Daddy? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Bro, bro, you posted, dog, you've said this before, Terrence. These op-ed writers or whatever, it's not even an op-ed, I guess. It's just like a fucking this is feature. journalist. Yo, they're always posting L's, dog. Always posted L's. Daddy? Daddy? Probably. Motherfucker, you have to waterboard me to put daddy in a fucking essay, dog. I want to tell you something. There's not, there's not a torture tactic in their playbook that can get me to say that. <laughs> I just like she broke him down that easily. She wrote a few things on the whiteboard, talked about a box, and he and and, and within ten minutes he's like squirming and saying, "Daddy." Bro, sometimes I think if I'm built for shit, these people are not built she for it. She is a cinnabon. She's a She's a cinnabon. She is. Like, straight up. <laughs> okay. Probably daddy, I said almost in a whisper. She sighed and sat down. <laughs> I have that issue too, she said. I've done a lot of work on it. A lot of love there, but yeah. <laughs> And then we move to a then we move to a uh, you know a, bo- a boring section about how she can read science papers and how smart she is and um, that shit is funny as hell, daddy. Oh my god. Um, but anyways, uh, this you know this is pretty much it. She also there is also a section about life with father. Uh, Miss Coke's fascination with self identity and perception started when she was growing up in Wichita, Kansas. She attended private school. Um, it's not like growing up in New York City where a lot of people are wealthy, she said. We were very different in Wichita. I had so much fear that people would hate me. <laughs> um, you know what this reminds me of, too, man? Like, 
I mean, I'm wrong here, but this reminds me of sort of a companion to effective altruism, but only it's focused on the self and the individual. You know, whereas the effective altruists are like, okay, we need to worry about people a million years in the future. Uh-huh. You know what I mean, and do everything that we can do now to mitigate any possible suffering instead of worrying what's about what's happening now. These people, they're still not really worried about what's happening in the larger world, of course. But the way they resolve those contradictions, those inner contradictions within themselves that are kind of echoes of like, oh, shit, like, yeah, maybe my dad is fucked up. The way that they do it is just by spending fucking loads of money to pamper themselves like fucking children. Yo, I hate these fucking people. Dude, Dude you're absolutely right. Just be a fucking adult, yo. Just be like, my dad sucks. Maybe I suck. Maybe I should smoke some weed and like, well, <laughs> she's getting there with the MDMA <laughs> shit. But do more of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, this is weird. It's like... um. The reporter tries to, like, probe about her relationship with Charles Koch, with her father. Um, During one of our conversations, she spoke about him pushing her to join the track team in the fourth grade and personally coaching her for a couple of years. No matter where we went on vacation, he was getting me up at 5 a.m. to run. uh, The reporter asked, was his expectations too high? She responded with some steel in her voice, there is no blame there. I was just confused, and I was putting things together in a really distorted way. And then I had so much shame about it that I couldn't talk about it. Dog, Aaron, dude, it's very weird. It really is like, you mentioned succession. It really is like the Stockholm Syndrome of like Mm -hmm. having this fucking psychopath father and like at the end of the day, like their offsprings, like, interests are, are going to align with them ultimately like they're they're never going to be able to bridge that like psychological and material gap no because it's like it's like yo like i'm trying to draw on something that tom has talked about before where these people are like um they're worried about legacy right you know what i mean and what's standing in the way of legacy like i mean maybe i'm wrong here maybe i'm talking shit but i think for everybody is like when I say God, I mean like nature, right? The inexorable march of death itself, right? And all returning back into that stream of life, right? But their God are their, is their fucking parents, right? They they have to destroy the same way that in the fucking show, yeah. Ken Roy has to destroy his fucking father because his father is like a godhead. Right. That's what these people have to deal with. Well, I just have to deal with this omnipotent fucking being that may or may not, but very well does exist. But at least that's okay. These people have to deal with a concrete person that's physically there, corporeal, you know what I'm saying? So of course their minds would fucking break. Unless well, they kill their fathers, which they should do. Well, and it's also an interesting it's also an interesting <laughs> look at parents. it's also an interesting look at like how in this case you have someone who constructed a literal like metaphorical tool, like a li- a literal metaphorical philosophical tool to help them escape that guilt and self-loathing called the percep- perception <laughs> box where it's like where you have no perception actually apparently <laughs> perception is clouded when you in- bro how can you be in a box and have perception dog the point is <laughs> pretty, 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 sh- pretty short sighted for somebody that's hawking perception as their product <laughs> well here's go- what she should have done she should have joined up with I don't know if it's her brother or her cousin but Wyatt Coke remember the one that that uh, yeah, was selling those yes. like Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> yes, the Hawaiian yes. shirts. The dollar yes. signs on it. Absolutely. That's a must. I have a magnitude more respect for Wyatt. <laughs> Just because he knows who he is in the world. He knows what time it is. <clears throat> he knows he's a piece of shit. He's gonna live with it and rock it. You know, it's like all right, dog. You know, I'm gonna still get you, but okay, respect though. One thousand <laughs> percent. Um. <clears throat> well, okay, you're right, Tom. We'll, we'll end on that. <clears throat> What she should have done instead, instead of the perception box, Hawaiian shirts. Come on, Hawaiian shirts. Signs on. Yeah, 
Yeah. With dollar signs on it. Sure Way more noble pursuit. Um, hey, before we bounce, what did you all think about Trump getting his fastball back again in East Palestine, Ohio? Dude. Oh, man. I wanted Has to talk Biden about Has Biden even that. been there yet? I wanted... I, I, he is not. He went to Ukraine instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been in Kiev. I was listening on the radio this morning. Like, the R- Russia was, like, bombing Kiev, like, as early as this morning. Again. And uh, his motherfuckers taking buses. Thomas the fucking engine. I, I want Steve mentioned to go to Ukraine. Oh my god! I want to talk about that real quick because <laughs> I want to do. I want to plug real quick. I read an article in the Baffler about the Devil's Milkshake. Okay, and mm. I debated doing it, but at the, at like because because right because it's like well okay you see this from time to time like this is you know this pops up whatever but like mm. at a certain point I reached a point where I was like you can't ignore this any longer. What we have before us, what we have in our hands, is something we've never seen before. This is like a veritable, like mass hysteria of devil's milkshakes. Like this is, <laughs> dude, it is beyond the proportions of anything anyone has ever seen. It's like you've got the airborne toxic event and the poison itself, but then you've got all these like little, you know, blips. These the de- little mini devil's milkshakes. <laughs> it's like it's like. It's weird. It's like getting like a uh, being a fly on the wall in one of these back rooms with these good old boys. And instead of them sitting around like popping champagne and stuff, they're all like laughing hysterically, drinking tap water that may or may not give them cancer in twenty years. While the OJ's for the love of money plays in the background. <laughs> it's absolutely oh bizarre. It has got to be unprecedented. I've never well, seen anything say, like it. <laughs> no, I just want to say real quick, too. I know I said it to the chat, but, yo, like, you know, I, I do think, like, uh, uh, they are they are uh, firsthand, not firsthand, but they're going to uh, contract probably some diseases, cancers, like, hitherto unheard of. And, you know, I respect them for that, man. I respect them for looking out the, of the community of East Palestine by saying that, hey, we're going to kill ourselves first, you know? Yeah. And I respect that, man. I, I, have, to, I have to say... It's very fascinating, though, because, yeah, so, like, there's all these videos. There was the congressman from Texas. No no idea why the fuck he was in Ohio in the first place. From Texas, yeah. From ta- from Texas. Yeah. Uh, then there was, like, the Lieutenant- My God, I'll drink it. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls up an F-150 King Ranch, you know, and hops out with two six-shooters on his pockets. Give me a glass of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anti Semity Sam showed up in Ohio and started begging for a devil's milkshake. Um, <laughs> and it was served to him by Bugs Buddy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, th- and then, like, the lieutenant governor of Ohio had a, a, sh- a video where him and some EPA officials and other people were, like, tossing back shots. That's when I was I was like, okay, this is this is kind of weird. We might be this okay. This is still like this is still in the realm of something we've seen before, but it's getting a little weirder. Someone pointed out, by the way, on Twitter that you could still see the bottle of Smart Water in the corner of that video. So it's like they okay. weren't even they weren't even drinking the fucking. So snack. they do the Obama shit, but on a mass yeah. scale. So and then, Jesus. but but then but then like like I said, those are. I had to text Tom last night. I was like, what's it called in boxing when there's, like, fights before the main event? <laughs> An undercard, as undercard. Tom dutifully noted. Um, those were just the undercard. Because then you had this video of, like, Governor Mike DeWine, an EPA official, like, I think his name is Michael Regan, and 
I think a Bill Johnson might have been his name. He's a he's a congressman from Ohio. There, they that video was insane. They're like, it's like it's like, the best way I can describe it. It's like a uh, you know, like in medieval, like the Seven Seal, like that Ingmar Bergman film where like de- death yeah, yeah, travels yeah. from ta- <laughs> like in a caravan from like town to town. Like that's what that video was like. It was like a Don's macabre. You had them like going from town to town, like. Or like you know, house to house, drinking people's tap, and like they're they're gleeful. They're hat. They're toasting, man. <laughs> they're fucking clashing their cups together. Tom is right. Like, like fucking cups of goblins of meat and yes. shit like that, yo. <laughs> they're not even. They're not even sitting in a smoky back room. They're just going to people's living rooms and toasting on their fucking carpet. Just like they're dabbing on you. They're like, hey, can we use your water? Actually, you know, you really shouldn't. <laughs> because when we even try to boil it, it just bursts into fire. You probably shouldn't. Yo, dog. Like, what they need to do is that they need to go the full fucking. They need to go to full Monty. They need to. They need to make a water park. Right, they need to fucking make a water park. <laughs> Wherever the derailment happened, make a fucking water park with that contaminated water and fucking open that shit up and let Biden that's be there. That's somehow Rogers. First that's that's some our congressman would do. One thousand. Yeah, you're right. We're by Tuesday. We're going. They're going to be playing beer pong with it, and then by <laughs> by next weekend, they're going to break ground on the water park. <laughs> And, like, the absurdity of it is that, like, in the Colorado River (laughs) Basin right now, like, you've got, like, the beginnings of water wars, right? Like, you've got, like, all these states, California, Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, like, all Utah, they're all, like, fighting because none of them want to come up with this water rationing plan. And it's just, like, the, 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 the absolute, like, morbidness of it. But I will say... What was fascinating, Tom, you you mentioned it. What was fascinating, who was the one guy who did not do the devil smoke shake? It's fucking Our boy. Trump. It was fucking Our boy. Trump. Our boy was like, I'm not drinking that shit. Listen, I'll drink Coca-Cola. I'll drink that garbage, but I drink that shit. <laughs> no, no, actually, I'm, gr- I'm good. No, I'm fine. <laughs> this has been a child. This has been pointed out a lot, like on Twitter and shit, but like... Like, literally, the only thing that might have put him back in this race in a meaningful way. And it, all he had to do was beat Pete Buttigieg to that fucking place. Yeah. Dude, dude, if if in a year and a half or whenever the election is, if he ends up winning because of this, I'm pretty sure that liberals are going to, like, they're going to do whatever they did last year where they go around to, like, you know, the southern states and shit and red states and they try to, like, they try to uh, read the tea leaves and see what's there. But nobody will ever mention that if he won, it might have the same way that Hillary called the, all this all these places fly of a country and just had no interest in going to these places. And the fact that he's fucking there, I swear to God, man, maybe I'm wrong, but I swear to God, if he was to win, I could see them burying this and forgetting about it. And meanwhile, people like, well, actually, like, yeah, I remember he came here well, after the derailment, you know? Well, the weird part is all the liberals are already saying that it's like Susan Sarandon and Bernie's fault that this happened. <laughs> Oh, that's the right. It's like taking yeah. the narrative. And the right then they're is- all. Oh then God. they're also saying this is the weirdest thing, and this is the thing. This where where it really makes me want to drag liberals out and fucking like hold them underwater to the point where they get ready to pass out, and then bring them back up, let them <laughs> gasp, and then repeat. <laughs> is they're all like, this is the result of all of Trump's deregulation, as if like, like just mere weeks and months ago, Biden didn't fuck over all the Norfolk Southern workers. Exactly. Yeah. 
Dude, exactly. whose principal demand was seven fucking days of paid leave? Yep. Are you fucking kidding me? Yep, 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 yep. Not, and, and you know what? They, 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 I'm sure, yeah, they wanted, like, fucking, like, you know, to uh, avoid, prevent derailments and shit like that. Of course. That stuff, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. That's, like you said, Tom, that's literally what this was fucking about, yo. Yeah. It, yeah. Jesus, man. It's an, insane, Dave. It's an interesting thing. Um, the New York Times did have a, like, we're, we're in a weird place now where, like, even environmental disaster has now become, like, a culture war thing because the New York Times had a, an article that was, like, right-wing commentators raised the alarm about, like, um, I think it was about, like, polluted water or something like that. But it was, like, it was, like, trying to fit this thing into the weird culture war schematic you know, of everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, I don't know, that's just an aside. But I just want to say that, like, there's been a lot of speculation over like whether Trump would win the primary or not. And to me, the fact that Trump did not do the devil's milkshake, to me, that proves that he would win the primary. And why is that? Because at the end of the day, the devil's milkshake is political theater. It's kayfabe, right? Like it's the, it's yeah. the whole thing is upholding the illusion. What, like what was Trump's thing from day one? It was all about like breaking down that illusion. I don't think he was doing Your it. Your water's not clean. Your well, water's it, not clean. And it's like they're gonna like, get you to try to drink it, but it's dirty. It's still dirty. Well, they even asked him directly, right? They said, like, like, is the water safe to drink? And he said it will be. Trump said it will be, as if electing him again will like right. give those people clean water. <laughs> Drain the swamp. This guy was probably dead in the water with Ron DeSanctimonious, but I gotta tell you all. Him beating Buttigieg and Trump there, and then him switching from DeSanctimonious to Meatball Ron. <laughs> he denied that, though, by the way. <laughs> he he may be on the verge of being more powerful than ever, especially with how short memories are nowadays. I, I He's walked back the Meatball Ron stage. I wish he went with Miss Florida instead. That's, that's a little funny. He says, oh, that's pretty good. But it is truly weird because Ron DeSantis is like the embodiment of that like kayfabe. Ron DeSantis Santis would do the devil's milkshake 1000%. Oh, sure. I feel like. Yeah. 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 Like he would drink the Kool-Aid. I mean, we're talking about the devil's milkshake, but yeah, he would fall into that Trump though, nah, man. Which I guess like I don't know, if you're I don't know, if you're inclined to vote for him, you might be like, well, this guy is telling me that the water is still bad, you know? Mm-hmm. He's not trying to like pull one over on me like everyone else is, you know? Right. I can see that the water is bad. This guy knows it too, you know. I don't know, man. It's just, it's insane. Well, time would tell. Um, Time uh, will tell what diseases these men develop. (laughs) Well, that's, I mean, that's ultimately the other, like, just, like, objectively cruel thing about the the devil's milkshake or whatever is you really won't know what the health effects of that are for, like, years and years and years. You know what I mean? It's like you could say, oh, yeah, today, look, watch me drink it, watch me drink it. But, like... I'm sorry, like even drinking benzene, like we had that in Whitesburg, right? Like we had the diesel spills that our local oligarch was dumping all of his diesel waste into our river. And and this is another thing I want to say to all those people. It's like, I used to work at a water plant. I'm a certified water plant operator. When that diesel spill happened in Whitesburg, you know what their like sort of like bulwark was against like people getting sick and contaminated? It was my happy ass going out there once an hour and throwing a red bucket down in the river and pulling up the smallest sample of water you ever seen and checking it for sheen and smell. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all. It was yep. me. And I'm going to tell you something. I did that about four times a night. I was supposed to probably do it every hour, but nobody did. 
And nobody did. Nobody so, did. So it's like, could you so, only oh, Jesus. All you liberals well, flexing about like, oh, y'all just denying science now or whatever. Well, you know. Dude, the interesting thing, mm. and I and I want to harp on it too much, um, because I wrote about it and you don't want to like give away give it away for free, but I mean mm-hmm, yeah. articles free, whatever. Anyways, buy the, <laughs> buy the cow if you want the content, baby. <laughs> you got to read the shit. But the interesting thing to me is that, like, the interesting thing about those videos is that they're trying so hard to convince you that the water is safe. And the thing is, is, like, I don't know anything about East Palestine's water supply or their watershed or if that water is safe or not. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the fact that they're out there, I mean, it, it could very well be safe. I don't know. But the fact that they're out there releasing these videos like every other day, like trying to force feed it to you, it's like, well, uh, even if it is safe, like I kind of don't trust it now. Like you've been fucking. I don't want to drink it, it now because why are you going so hard to make me want to drink it? Kinda, <laughs> it kind of mirrors. It really kind of mirrors what went wrong with the vaccine rollout. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, I don't want to say over politicization because I sound like Sean Hannity or something, but like. That kind of stuff makes people think, well, maybe there's something to it. You know what I mean? If they're trying so hard to refute this, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, th- yeah. it's just there's just no trust at all. I mean, and that's what makes it, it tying this back to the kind of Ukraine thing. It's like there's this disjunction. And like in that disjunction, there's like these weird <laughs> like manifestations of the disease, of the hyper reality of it. Yeah, it's man. very strange. No, that's no nah, man, that's a I don't know, it's just like the the people like i think like this distrust and people just like not like like anything that you push at them they retrench like more uh, closely into their own positions you know yeah. so even if this is something that's scientifically proven or factual i mean like you also just saw like their town like this derailment in east palestine i mean that's like why would you ever believe anyone that ever tells you anything again you know like you're looking at something that's so cataclysmic you know almost apocalyptic uh-huh. like people are taking pictures of the sky and you think there's a thunderstorm and no it's just from the chemicals and it's like yeah man like why would they believe not only that the water is safe to drink but that anyone gives a shit about them is going to do anything about it you know fucking Unless, fucking yeah, oh man ahead, fucking no, no, pete Buttigieg is going to be remembered as just such a uniquely heinous figure in american politics you're talking about a guy that fucking crucified his generation to get 14 heartbeats from the presidency and do the absolute <laughs> most dog shit job that you can imagine at it. I mean, like, what does what does everybody criticize people for? The number one thing people criticize politicians for in a crisis: not getting to a place fast enough. Yeah, and this dumb son of a bitch has let nineteen days elapse, and he's like, "Well, you know, we had two thousand of them last year. These are just, oh, no, just I the know. cost that, of doing business." While well, every goddamn newspaper in the country is showing something that looks like a fucking nuke drop. Dude, that was an incredible statement. Like, who the fuck would say that? Like, he 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 said what what his quote was was, uh, well, why would we focus so much on this? There's like a thousand or two thousand train derailments a year. Stop <laughs> you, stop you, stop you, bitching, stop you, whining, drink your slick, your slick oil filled you water. You want me to tell you who says what? something like that? A fucking McKenzie sociopath that boils everything down to fucking market share and fucking and statistics. Yeah, yeah, one thousand percent. You're right. You're right, dude. A dead-eyed psychopath who cannot see humanity just sees the number. Just says, like, yeah. see that that just, bald guy at the dude. New York Times saying, 
You fixed bread prices. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you are from so... the New York Times telling you that, dude. You are so right. Like, only a literal psychopath would just look at the number and say, like, well... That, I mean, this isn't a big deal. This is, there's 2,000 other of these a year. So, like, why are you getting your fucking panties in a one? Plus, do you know how many other small towns there are across America? <laughs> they can just move somewhere else. There are so many more. I mean, dude, it's just like, uh, it also makes me think, too, that these people, last thing I'll say, these people, like, like as things get, as we increasingly have that lapse in meaning, as you were saying, uh, Terrence, you know, I feel like. Like, it's either going to be absurdities like, you know, fucking Devil's Milkshake, right? Like, mass Devil's Milkshake or um, MCU Ukraine War. Uh Or it'll be just motherfuckers that are going to come out and just tell you right what they mean, right? Like, in a cold, inefficient way. Like, I know Buttigieg is doing that because he's, like, a fucking moron. But, I mean, I don't know. I think about the ruling class, like, a lot of their comments during the pandemic. A lot of these pharmaceutical companies, like, they're just coming out and just saying it. They're like... You know, what are you going to do about it? Right. This is the world we're headed to. You're not going to do shit. No, they're da- they're dabbing on us. That's the thing. <laughs> they are dabbing on us. Yeah, they're dabbing on us. It's been said, and it's true. They are dabbing on us. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think that about covers it. Uh, go check out the article in The Baffler. I wanted to I wanted to call it a brief history of the devil's milkshake, but sometimes you gotta introduce the concept first. Uh, go go check that out. It's in the baffler, the devil's milkshake. Go check out our Patreon, p a t r e o n dot com slash triple the workers party. Anything else, fellas? Nah, man, just and you got peace floating around out there too, don't you? Oh shit, man! Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, I've been trying to get back in writing fiction, man. And uh, yeah. I wrote this short speculative fiction piece that I just uh, tried to submit it to some literary magazines, but I don't think it was a good fit. So if you're down to read it, it's up on my Substack, uh, spacelight.substack.com, and you can check that bad boy out. Hell yeah! Oh, yeah. Uh, um, go support your your true Billy boys who are yeah, trying to be writers. writers We're trying to be, be actual. Respectable writers. <laughs> trying to be the Hardy Boys, the, tar- the not the Tardy Boys, but the, you know, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, we're the solve, Boys. We're getting to solving crimes independently. Mm. <laughs> independently, exactly. everybody's been wondering what's the the, the uh, you know the uh, uh, the answer to the police state. Well, it's the three of us going to, from small town to small town solving crimes. Uh-huh. Solving crimes, exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. How did this derailment happen? Um, <laughs> right. it's the first case alright guys well thanks for listening this week everybody we'll see you next time peace out Bye. see you out there